Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get come crazy 2000. It's the Instigator Podcast, and uh, we have a very special guest. This is the anniversary edition of uh, this here podcast, and third man in uh, rides again. So we've been waiting a, a long time to do this, and uh, couldn't thought, think of a better time to do it and bring bring Eric uh, back on the show uh, after uh, an extended absence. What's going on, man? Things are good. How are you doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. Just you know, getting by. Uh, you know, following the hockey team. Um, feels like things are a heck of a lot different now that, uh, these days versus when we started this, this shindig. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, it feels a little awkward to be like, you know, a typical zoom. I mean, we're used to it now, but like a little different than just showing up at Starbucks and sitting by the computer and just rambling on nonsense yeah. for an hour. <laughs> I was just going to say like, it, it, this is a far different, uh, setup than, than, uh, the, the, the early days, uh, at the McKinley, uh, McKinley Starbucks in Hamburg there. Was it was it Joe from Buffalo Winds who would always say it sounds like you're recording in a wind tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> I mean you you made made use of what you had available and I had a MacBook and we just it's like let's show up and ramble instead of right. putting putting words on proverbial paper, you know? Well, and it's so funny because like I mean when we start like we I remember we were like I've Jesus. So it's like winter of 2011 at this point. Right. And we're like, maybe want to do a podcast. Cause I mean, there were 80 million savers blocks at that time, but no one was really doing podcasts yet. Uh So it was a different way to kind of stand out amongst the the crowd. Yeah. No. And I mean, like I can remember cause I had, I was actually living in Nashville most of that year and I had moved back to Buffalo that fall and like really, got back into the blogging game as it was at the time. And yeah, the podcast thing just, I mean, podcasts really weren't what podcasts are now. Like Mm -hmm. it was still kind of a new thing. it's like, this sounds like fun. I feel like it can be a little more casual and having to, because the tough part about writing is like, you need to, you can't just write nonsense and not have like, 
sources behind it. You know, you got to have like some value to that. Whereas this, like we can just ramble on and you, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> well, the, definitely the, the barstool aspect of it is and not, not the barstool, the blog, but like the barstool deliberation, like, you know, just two people hanging out. Like, I mean, again, we recorded at a Starbucks, but no, no real difference than like a few guys hanging out at a bar in some respects and just, you know, shooting the shit about their favorite teams or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, like that that's, was, that was always like the spirit behind what we were doing. It's like, yeah, we weren't trying to be news people. We mm-hmm. were fans who wanted to, you know, talk about the team and be critical and complain about things, you know, we did it. Had, to be venomous yeah. That was the other great thing was like it we all we started this this whole thing basically because Bucky wrote that column complaining about the blogosphere. I was just gonna bring that up. It's like, yeah, that first podcast, I think the reason we got together was because we were so like worked up about Bucky Gleason writing an article about uh the bloggers. Mm -hmm. And off we went. And nothing has changed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, because, like, I know, I know I haven't been around. Like, things are much different now. Like, what what is most different to you about things versus what it was like when we were doing this? It's I, been I, seven I, years. It's been seven yeah. years since I've moved. Yeah, I, I just think, like, the, the way Twitter and social is, is impacted it, like, no one even wants to really write anymore. It just, you know, you can just, you know, you can throw, throw your, your thoughts up on, you know, on a, on a threaded tweet and, and kind of have a mini blog post and you get probably more engagement off that than you would if you wrote, you know, if you spent an hour or two writing, you know, 800 or 2000 words or whatever on, on the team. Yeah. And so I think that's really changed things. And and then as, as a result, like more people then effectively have a voice. So like whatever, I don't know how many people were actually talking about this, but I it, it popped up in my feed a little bit this morning of like Harrington and Hamilton complaining about like goaltending and like the the perception of the season. But like you know they they're taking this and, and kind of straw manning it in a sense. But like their their perception on this is like everyone feels this way, and when it's probably like fifteen people in their mentions, you know, it's it. Yeah. I think that's really shifted the shifted the landscape yeah and i mean twitter definitely changed things like i can remember even while i was still doing stuff like i was moving more to just sitting on twitter during games um instead of like putting a lot of thought into like a long artful piece using my brilliant words and things of that nature i would make smart ass comment on twitter and that was that was the end of it Mm -hmm. but it also brings more of an echo chamber um and as you curate your feed or the people who you allow to follow you you know the the voices are going to be different because of that so and also just i can imagine the way things have been up there probably has some impact on like how people talk about the team that's it's unfortunate like i wish I mean, it's been a very unique experience uh, being in Nashville for the last seven years, um, just with, you know, playoff hockey and mm. fun. And yeah. Yeah. It's, 
I I feel I'm grateful that I've been able to experience a lot of what I've been able to down here. Yeah, no, and, and yeah, obviously that and that's playing a role too. Is just the 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 losing seasons just pile on top of one another slowly but surely. I mean, yeah. At this point, like, what do you guys even talk about anymore? Right, <laughs> and, and that's what's so crazy is like they you know they had the first overall pick in the draft. And the the biggest narrative, and, and whether or not you picked up on this, I'm not sure. But like, you know, the biggest one of the biggest narratives was like people were relatively indifferent about it. They're like, "Well, cool, we got another first overall pick to to use. That sounds great. Maybe we'll see him in a couple of years." Like, no one was over the moon about it. And you know, they they've had like, I mean, so like the last two draft classes right now for the Sabers like look pretty good. And you know, like a lot of players performing well, but there's just so much reticence. It's and it's just pervasive. I mean, especially when you get like you have like you know the top level like sickos like we are and we were like who will pour over KHL stats and like look at what a six round pick is doing. But like you get you, the to know like, your way, the know your way through elite prospects. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then you have like guy, you know, you have more casual fans who just don't care, and it's like I just think there's it, like I think the like. There's more, I can't think of the best way to put it, but like there's just so many more levels and it may be just separation within the fan base. Whereas, you know, even five years ago, you know, coming off those tank seasons, everyone was relatively united in their interest and hope in, in the future of the team. And I just think the last few years have just zapped that out of them. So, I mean, like, do you feel there's even like the same? I'm trying to think of like the way I want to put this, but is there the same engagement? Even is it just is has the engagement changed because of the team, or has it changed because of just of the way everyone interacts now? Because like without when like ten years ago, like we were still writing blog pieces and people were reacting to those, whereas now it just seems like it's a constant conversation on Twitter. That's a really good question because I I don't and I don't know the answer to it and part of it is like you kind of mentioned it before like you, you know you kind of get you get into that potential echo chamber of you know as you like curate who you're interacting with on social and what you know what news sources you're taking in because like every now and then like I'll venture over to like the Sabers Reddit channel uh-huh. and it's a totally different vibe totally different atmosphere than what I see on my Twitter feed or yeah. what I see from you know, other blogs or podcasts that I'll still, you know, interact with. So, uh, you know, in a sense, I think there's still like that undercurrent of interest, uh-huh. but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say like, if it's, if, you know, if just like the media diet is made everyone different in how they, they handle it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like the, the games I've been to this year, I mean, obviously they're, you know, Buffalo's really struggling attendance wise. So it's, it, and that makes it even harder to, to gauge just because there's so few people there to begin with. It's not like you can get a sense of, you know, people's feelings while, while you're there even, but yeah. I mean, the people I sat around, the, the, the last game I was at was the, the Flyers game uh, where the, that they, the Sabres won. And like, I was sitting around a few people, like the, the my, my uh, section was kind of crowded and like everyone was into it. So I, I just, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just a, if it's a casual fan issue, which is maybe kind of papering over some of the larger talking points. But if they've just lost that that fan who's just like, okay, like when they, like, I mean, quite frankly, like their marketing 
approach of when when they win our, our jobs are easier like if that if that's just the people that they have that they lost is like people are like well you're not winning so i'm not coming around so yeah it's, i mean it's, so tough. it's like i mean it's been a while since i was up there so um not everyone that i interacted with with the organization is still there mm-hmm. um but you would like to think things are continuing to like I'm trying to think of like the uh, politically correct way to put this, not like just the fact that it's like I'm a professional, like I'm a capital P professional in the industry, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. And it's like, you see, they've been doing some good things up there and um, I hope that pays off. Um, I know the crowds, it's definitely different going to a hockey game when there's that many empty seats but in the long run it may benefit them to kind of like it may be it may be beneficial the way they're handling um this stretch um as far as like on ice success goes i mean there's sometimes there's only so much you can do and i mean every team deals with this like there's only so much you can do when it comes to results like people's experience going to a game how they feel they got their money's worth has a lot to do with what happens on the ice and so much of that is out of your control and i mean fortunately i've been able to see it on the good end here um but yeah like when you have such a long stretch where it's like you need hope, you need like this means something. And it's like I credit to them for what they've been able to do to keep people around and keep people going. Um, it's yeah, would <laughs> fortunately it's like I wouldn't know, you know. Well, you know, so it's, it's funny you bring that up because you know they like they added they took some seats out and they you know that they, they put that bandstand in and. They have local yeah. bands playing and they, they're trying stuff. That's good. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, they're trying new things. Like they've taken on, uh, they took on a, a slightly, I think more robust promo schedule. Like again, like going back to stuff like we talked about, like again, like 10 years ago, Yeah, like, it, you know, you're starting to see some, some of that things, things that they wouldn't have maybe otherwise tried. Like they're, you know, they're, they're floating those trial balloons, which is great. And um, I mean, like I took my kid uh, to that flyers game. He got a mini stick. Uh, he, the other, I took him to another game earlier in the year. He got his first game, you know, certificate. Um, you know, someone specifically said like, is this his first, like someone, I don't even remember what was the usher scanning our tickets or at our seats, but they said, make sure you go to guest services. Like, and he got like a flag and a foam finger. He got like four things for just That's awesome. getting that goofy certificate. So like, they're definitely doing things to try to cultivate that grassroots, you know, kind of fan experience, but yeah, like they're just not winning games and, and people aren't, aren't buying the product right now. And, yeah. you know, I, it, it actually makes me think of like, I went to a, uh, I've been to a couple of Preds games now, but the, the first Preds game I ever went to was in a lost season, very late in the years, an April game. And they played Washington. Um, Yarrow Halak, it was the year the Sabres traded Halak to, to the Capitals actually. What a and, legend. Yeah. Sabres legend. Yeah, but that like the building was still bumping. Like they were, they had been eliminated. Like there was no hope for the Preds, and like 
it, I just like, I picked up on, I, f- I feel like, and again, this is six, seven years ago now, but mm-hmm. like I was picking up on a lot of things that it just seemed like there was a, a foundation of, you know, both homegrown, like the fans came up with chance, but also things that the, the team was doing that, you know, kept people t- tapped in, which was paying yeah. off. I mean, like the, the thing is like the market themselves, like you have to understand the differences between them. It's like, we just got to the point, like next year is the Preds 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So like within the last five years, kids we're finally getting kids who were born with the predators in existence who can go to a game and buy a beer mm-hmm. you know it's like they're finally you're finally getting that first real true generation of people who grew up with like the predators as an entity who are getting to the point where it's like they're going to games themselves like on their yeah. own volition and you're starting to see the generational stuff because a lot of people that supported this team and we've got it's insane the amount of like day one season ticket holders we've got people who've been around since the early 2000s and stuck with this team even through the the late 2000s when there was the ownership changes and the threat of moving the team to Hamilton and like that uncertainty and it's tough to battle through that stuff it's like i hear stories all the time of like what it was like around the arena back then. And it's just like, it's so different right now. Like mm-hmm. everything seems like the, they've, the Preds have finally settled into like being a key part of, of this town. And uh, it's nice. It's fun. Like you're talking about going to a game and this what, you would have been like seven, eight years ago. Um, I had been to my first Preds game in like 2011. And like when you're coming from a place like Buffalo, where it's like, it's a specific type of experience when you go to a hockey game in Buffalo. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. I went to thousands of them. Um, it's like, you're almost like kind of taken aback by like the vibe. But like, once you settle in, it's like, yeah, there's so much more like the crowd just knows it's more of an engaging thing here. And the fact that Nashville's a town that it is that everyone wants to come visit. Usually you've got a good chunk of people in opposing jerseys showing up where it's not just the Toronto games, you know, here mm-hmm. we've got a lot of that. And it, I mean, there's always the element to you when you hear other fans cheering in your building when something bad happens, like you don't like it. Mm-hmm. So to your own fans, they're they almost celebrate the celebrate the goals a little harder, celebrate the wins a little harder. But those are the games that really hurt when you're losing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and you did you know, you you do bring up a good point. Like, I mean, the arena's right there at the at, you know, at the top of the biggest tourist stretch in the city. Yeah. One of like the hottest tourist stretches like in the country these last couple of years. Like everyone wants to be there. Yeah. And so you know, like th- th- like total like definitely a different vibe than you know most other places. Quite frankly, well, like the it, interesting it's thing, very unique. The interesting thing is like, um, it's been a touch point for like a touchy subject for us. Um, 
having too many opposing fans. Mm-hmm. And this is going back to the season I came down here. Um, and every year during the playoffs, when it's some northern or Canadian market playing a team in the south, they'll it'll come out it's like, oh, they're restricting ticket sales to the local market to try to keep the opposing fans out. It's like we do that. Like our ownership, our management has made it clear they they're willing to forego revenue to make sure that it's a good environment for our home fans. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's Chicago games are always touchy. St. Louis, you know, those are the games you hope are on weekdays. So people can't travel as easy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a transplant city. So as much as you restrict ticket sales to local addresses, so many people who are Chicago, Blackhawks fans from Chicago, they live here now. Like, mm-hmm. there's no telling who the guy that lives three, in an apartment building three blocks away from the arena. You don't know where they're from or uh, who they grew up rooting for. And it's like, there, there's so many things you can, there's only so many things you can do to keep them out. But like, it's a noticeable difference when you have, like, it, you make the effort to get your fans in the building. Um, it's like kind of crazy to think about going back to like growing up in Toronto games where there's easily 10,000 Leafs fans in the mm. building. It's just like thinking about, it's like, I don't know if I was ever at like a Sabres Leafs game or a Sabres Canadians game where it was like 90% Sabres fans. Yeah. It's just like, it was a really unique experience being down here and seeing that and seeing that practice and that care for, um, making sure your fans want to have the best experience possible and not have annoying drunk opposing fans around you at every angle. Yeah. And you, so you bring that, you know, like you bring up like the Toronto Montreal games and like, I I've like thrown this idea around a couple of times, like just with friends for the most part, but you, well, first of all, like obviously the, the Sabres really wouldn't even be able to, to practice that, you know, like the zip code restriction just because they have so many Canadian fans in their base yeah. to begin with. Yeah. But I've always wondered, like, and, and I'll just, like, just your general opinion on it. And, and now, like, not only having seen it, you know, as a, a Sabres ticket holder and someone who's attended, you know, a billion Sabres games, like most of us, but now even seeing it, like, from your end in Nashville, like, do you, th- do you ever wonder or think, like, that some of the reasons that sometimes Sabres crowds have or are subdued is because they have so many fans who are, like, they're, they're Southern Ontario ticket holders who don't necessarily identify as Sabres fans first. And they're just there to, you know, to go see NHL hockey. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely something to that. And I mean, I mean, we're, uh, I can't say that everyone who buys tickets for Preds games is a Preds fan. Right. Yeah. Like it's a tourist town. Like if we have a game on a Saturday night, people are walking up being, Hey, they'll walk up to the window and be like, how much are tickets? Like who are they playing tonight? And it's like, it's something to do. And it's great. Cause you get people who get to experience that and be like, Oh, I had an awesome time in Nashville. I went to a hockey game. Cause like who thinks to go to Tennessee and see a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing now. It's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might get more than you like more so than in I don't know, Dallas, like you're going to get people who are like, all right, well, Sabres are playing the Oilers. Let's go see Connor McDavid. Yeah. 
uh, you might get a little more of that. And it could have something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, there are millions of factors that go into something like that. That's right. just interesting to think about, like, what what things you could do to, um, to influence one way or the other. You know, like, how do you get your fans in the building? You know, so that's a battle that every team in the league fights. So everyone's got to take a different angle. Yeah, more so than usual lately. Uh, yeah. So, and you guys have been pretty creative with some stuff that, you know, that the Preds do. And, um, like, I don't know how, you know, involved you are in, in all of those, you know, all of those, you know, executions. But, like, you know, whether it be, like, when they played Winnipeg, they had a jet out front that they people were bashing on. But um, yeah. anything, that, like, that they've done that, like, stands out to you that some people might not be privy to or might be um, that, that familiar with? Well, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm going to try not to tell too, too many tales out of school, you know, but um, <laughs> I can't – like, I'm not high enough in the organization to be saying, oh, yeah, this was definitely my idea. There are very few things that we've done that I can take any semblance <laughs> of credit for. Um, I guess I was thinking more from, like, just a perspective, like some of the cool things they've done that you've been yeah. like, wow, this was awesome. Like, well, like the interesting thing is you saw like the jet out front, like mm-hmm. the smash car, like that's a thing that has become a tradition now because it was just like an idea where they had made the playoffs and, you know, down south and high school and college football. Like it was always a thing to do, like you beat up the car that's painted with the other team's colors. Mm-hmm. And we kind of took that and over the court as the growth of social media, it's like, oh, take get a video of me hitting this car. Like as that kind of like engagement grew and as we kept making the playoffs and having all these home games, like there was so much of that that it became like a thing. Um, Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're not from the area where you don't get like the context of what it's from. But yeah, it's you. You got to find ways to like embrace who you are and where you are, and um, yeah, that's one of the cool things we've done. I was, I'm it, the series didn't turn out the best, but I'm still proud of the organization for uh, stepping up and putting a Thrashers logo on that jet. <laughs> I remind them where they came from. But that, I mean, that's a fun thing to do, to do too, though, right? I mean, like just like yeah. you know those little nods are, you know, make things extra special. Yeah. Um, you always try I mean, to put some like thought into it. Yeah. And, and I, I, like, I it's got to go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. I was going to say, I feel like generally we do a, a good job of like putting thought and effort behind everything we do. And like, there's some intent. Um, and yeah, I mean, this organization is in a really good spot right now, especially compared to, 15 years ago um, because of all the things, little things that we've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Jesus, I, I was, I was just watching something and, and a guy had a Blackberry phone. And I was like, my God. it was like, <laughs> it was like a, a, a current show. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like they, I thought they stopped making phones. But like yeah. it is kind of yeah. crazy. Like you think about it, even like the, the parallels here, like, I mean, how close the Sabres were to leaving, you know, before Tom Galasano bought the team and, you know, like, and all the rumors that the, the Predators had to deal with before, you know, kind of coming out of that dark period. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I was up in Hamilton last month for the U.S. Canada soccer game, 
and you know, staying literally right next door to the arena, and I'm just looking at him like, couldn't imagine like what my life would look like right now if it wasn't if that team didn't get like stopped from moving. Mm-hmm. I always wonder uh, how that would how how feasible that move would have been because like I, like Kav Coliseum was new, you know, so long ago. I just feel like they would have they would have been chasing their tail on some things, but oh for sure. And yeah, I mean, don't have to worry about that now. I guess it but, was a it was a much different NHL. Oh yeah, because I mean that was 2007. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but Jesus, like they so we were two a year two years away from the first Winter Classic. And now there's you know three outdoor games a year basically. Yeah, you know, got like one just I know you guys got one this week, right? Yeah, this weekend. It's exciting. I mean, it's incredible. Like, so I've been here seven years. I've gotten to work an NHL All Star Game, um, Stanley Cup Finals, been to a Winter Classic, and now we're hosting an outdoor game. It's like a testament to like how good of a hockey market this is. And mm-hmm. I mean, and fortunate, like, like the team's been run very well. Like we've had a lot of success. So it's great. Like, do you even remember, like, if I could, I ask you right now who the last Sabre to score a playoff goal was? Would you be able to tell me? Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> Brad Boys. <laughs> In what Legend. I think was seven seven one or seven two was that was that like they got walloped in that game seven against the Flyers, but I don't know what the score was. He I scored mean, late. I just remember he scored late and the game was was long, long decided. But yeah. Yeah. No, like I for a while I had been keeping count of like all of the the amount of playoff games that we had, had like even home games. And it's just like I'm losing track now. Mm. So obviously, like you know, the Stanley Cup final doesn't you know, work out for you guys the way you'd want to have wanted it to, but I have to assume that was still like the most surreal of those special events that you've yeah. partaken in, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, and it was funny, like we kind of had this like rallying cry in the office that whole year. And it was like an inside joke and I'm not going to get into the origins of it, but like we kept referring to it as the ride because like when you have a good team and like, honestly, right now there's a good parallel with the bills. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not necessarily about winning as much as it is about the ride. It's like that experience of going through all of that. Like there's enough value to that, that it's worthwhile, even if the end result isn't there. And I mean, the Stanley cup finals was like insanely surreal. I mean, we had, 60,000 people we shut down Broadway like there's 60,000 people outside watching on screens just like in the middle of the street in the parks mm. just like outside the arena watching these games and I mean coming from what I had been experiencing in Buffalo and like within two I mean that was the third season I was down there and I mean I had never been to a Stanley Cup playoff game not playoff game, stand like a final game. Um, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to go in 99. So like to see like the cup on the ice, the players with the patches on their jerseys, all the banners hanging out. It's just like, it was a two week, like, I, it was like a two week long stretch of just like realizing it's like, 
oh, this is it. This is what you work towards. This is what you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it did not end well. And there was like so much happened, but like even more so than just the finals, just that entire spring. Like I can go back to almost every game of that playoff run and think of like at least one thing that happened in either the game or around the game that was like memorable for me. And it was like a two month party. I mean, I just being, I was exhausted like the rest of the summer, just like mentally <laughs> and emotionally yeah. and physically, just cause like, all right, well, every other night you're going out and probably drinking for two straight months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for this shit. Well, you know, and, and you even, you know, you even have the additional, like, cause you know, we were around in, in 05, 06, 06, 07 with, you know, and like you get the buzz around the city and, and yeah, you, you pick up on it and it's palpable from the fan perspective. And, but to, to have that added for like working for the team, I can only imagine it's just like yeah. that much it's that stepped up that much more. Yeah. No, I mean, like you kind of get caught up in it, like for the organization, like the biggest moment in like franchise history was game six beat Anaheim to go to the Stanley cup finals. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just the way that game went, like we went up early and then Anaheim tied it and it was three, three in the third period. And we scored shorthanded to go ahead and then buried two empty netters. And just like the last five minutes of the game, we're just like, Oh my God, this is actually happening. But like, so you're there for that and getting to experience it. Like, Oh, this is really cool. But then like, us as staff, we went up to the club in the arena and we were like, all staff is like grinning together, celebrating. And like Poyle and Laviolette like come up the elevator from the locker room with the trophy and just like plop it down on the table. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what? How did I get here? Like, <laughs> what? What is happening? What year is it? You know? And, um, yeah, you just have those pinch yourself moments constantly, especially like growing up, knowing that it's like this is the kind of stuff you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy that it's still happening. Like yeah, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, like- Saturday with the um, stadium series. Like, I mean, obviously it's the first outdoor game in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be unique seeing a stadium full of hockey fans across the river from like Nashville and you'll see mm-hmm. the skyline in the background. It's going to be wild. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Like, and they're, you know, Preds are playing well. It's, you know, they've managed to kind of in a way bridge a couple generations of their team effectively. Yeah. Which is no, it, huge. and, and that's one of the things that's been so, you know, like kind of fulfilling over the last like seven years, like the team's been so entertaining the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, must be nice. Like, must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say I'm not here to brag, but I'm going to brag anyways. Um, but no, like the, the team's fun to watch. Like there's been good personalities on the team. Um, interesting players. Uh, I mean, it's just like stuff happens like Tanner, Janelle, like I just got to like shout him out. Like he's not getting enough Calder play because like, of all the rookies mm-hmm. in the league right now, like he is 
the most unique of all of them because he's like, I think he's second in goals, fifth in points, and first in the league in fights. Like, the dude is just a beast, and he works his ass off, yeah. and he's just, like, so fun to watch. And just, like, he just comes out of nowhere. And it's it's crazy. Like, you assumed that there was going to be a drop-off on the ice at some point, but it really hasn't quite happened yet. I mean, the year we went to the finals, we were the last seed in. We were, like, the 16 seed. And um, yeah, we're we're doing a little better than that this year. So hopefully we get in and do some damage. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. So before we wrap up, mm-hmm. what uh, got to ask? Favorite blogging slash podcasting <sighs> memory? We gotta we gotta dig deep a little bit before we sign oh, off. Oh my god! Now the one thing I do want to say is like, I'm I'm very happy to be past those days. Like I, I definitely got some fun and like emotional, like joy out of like venting as I did, but like, I'm, I'm glad things worked out when they did because like I, it was, things were past the, past the expiration date in a lot of senses. Um, (laughs) but of all the things, like it came up in my Facebook memories like a couple weeks ago because it would have been like the last game that I covered and it was just like pictures from like in the locker room and like Ted Nolan's press conference after the game because of course Ted Nolan was the coach (laughs) you know um but just like I for a couple years the Sabres let me like go and sit in the press box and watch hockey games and all I all that was really expected of me was like talking about them yeah and that was like, a cool time, man. It really was. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm in extremely grateful that like they allowed us to do that. And I, it definitely changed my view of the organization, like interacting with all those people like that work for the team. Like I can't speak highly enough about uh, most of the people that I interacted with there. Um, you, you wish that the on-ice results would have matched, like, what the, the effort that they put into it. Um, but, yeah, just being able to, like, show up at the arena an hour and a half before puck drop, go sit in the press box, you know, watch warm-ups, you know, watch the game, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just go down to the locker room and, like, get player quotes after. It's like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Like, yeah. how did I get here? No, that was great. Like, I think of, like, the one, like, of, of the blogger summits they did, the one where they announced Hockey Hotline was coming back, and they had everyone in the locker room. Like, Oh, yeah, that was the one they did know, in the locker room. Like, I remember doing, like, doing our podcast after it, and, like, specifically saying, like, it's such a great way to get people to talk nicely about you is when you do, you know, cool yeah. things for them. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, was very unique and was, like, a fun time. Like, Yeah. Like, well, that was, that- and, like, again, like, I think blogging is kind of, like the blogging community in and of itself is just like petered out to the extent that like they don't have that same, like the, the, the reason to do it isn't there so much anymore, which is too bad. But like that was, it was a cool initiative that they did. It really was. Yeah. That, that actually does remind me. Cause I remember that blogger summit specifically, it was almost felt like there was an attempted intervention about like complaining about game presentation. <laughs> Um, it was everyone sat in a circle. That's right. Yeah. No, I felt like there were like pointed comments directed at no one in particular, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. 
Um, it is interesting, like, in hindsight, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what I, like, necessarily thought or, like, the point behind a lot of, like, the intention of what I was getting at on a lot mm. of things that I would, like, complain about. But it is interesting, like, looking back now, having, like, more professional experience and seeing it in a different organization and with the balance times like you kind of understand more as to how things work in a lot of ways where it's like you can't necessarily just complain about a video or a graphic or something like that without knowing like all right well maybe whoever design list had like to do this this and this for sponsorship like you don't mm -hmm. necessarily like grasp that until you like see that in production so i feel like i could have i feel like i wish i would have had more you know experience and more in-depth knowledge then like i still i still stand behind like a lot of the ideas and it's i mean it do, will surprise no one that i still complain to people within our organization about like hey we should play this song you know yeah <laughs> yeah one of the proudest moments of my time here was very on brand for you uh yeah one of the pr my proudest moments playoffs last year like i texted our one of our people in game presentation like yo can you please play 45 by a gaslight anthem and, and they played uh, it they played it That's and awesome. i searched on twitter and multiple people tweeted like Oh, the Preds are playing Gaslight Anthem. That's cool. <laughs> it's like I would like favorite it all of them and like tagged. Yeah, like, see, so yeah. you can't. You can, yes, you can take right. the you can take the boy out of the blog, but you can't take the blog out of the boy. That's what we've oh, learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Leopard can't change its spots. You know exactly, exactly. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up, Eric. I appreciate you doing this. This was a good time reminiscing. Yeah, no, I appreciate. You know, I'm so glad that the Instigator brand is you know forged on i still think it's kind of bogus that uh they went and took our brilliant name and yeah. repurposed for themselves without giving full credit to the originators um like they haven't even had you on have they no i ran into pd once in in a post game maybe it was like a prospect game thing he's like hey do you want to come on the show i was like yeah man let me know like i don't care and then it never happened but like PD was always cool about it. Like I DM'd him the other, like yeah. when he started his podcast, I was like, I gave him, I was like, gave him a hard time. Like you didn't want to call us in the instigator either. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, no, we don't have to use your name this time. Sorry about that. So he wasn't going to steal two like, in the box for that one. Yeah. No, they did that with the Amherst. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eventually they're going to stop stealing all your good ideas. Well, I'm out of good ideas, which is the problem, but <laughs> all right. So, all right, Eric. Yeah. No, this, I, man. I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm glad you're still doing it and keeping with it. And uh, hopefully sometime we'll uh, we'll get to do this again and talk about how both our teams are having good playoff runs. Yeah, when if they inevitably if they ever reach the Cup final together, we'll have to have, we'll have, we'll definitely have another podcast for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm not holding my breath for that one. No, <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right. See you, buddy.